Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again with another episode, y'all. In this episode, I'm going to be telling you a story about a guy that I knew that was, uh, he was one of the brothers, you know what I'm saying, in Gangster Disciples, uh, but he was the most manipulative, conniving, deceiving brother that I had ever come to know. And uh, I'm going to tell you this story about him. I'm not going to put his name out there because as far as I know, uh, he might still be in rotation. He manipulates his way in and out and going from compound to compound, causing problems. Uh, a lot of the brothers that might listen to this, that you might be able to figure out. I'm pretty sure they'll be able to figure out who I'm talking about. But I'm not going to put his name out there. But I just want to share you know, this story about him so that people can get a better view of, a better understanding of the lifestyle and the type of people that are a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, just so sit back, relax, and, and, and learn something, man. Listen to this. Listen to what I got to say in this episode. Because the people that you might have found yourself, that you might find yourself associated with when it comes to gang, uh, living a gang life, uh, you never know who they are. You don't get to pick who your brothers are when it comes to being in, a, in an organization uh, for the most part. Because a lot of people are from different states, different cities, and different backgrounds, different ways of life. So, you know, it is what it is when it comes to that, right? So just sit back and relax and enjoy this show. Story, I'm going to call this story the master manipulator, the deceiver, the conniver, the snake in the grass. This brother, <clears throat> look here, he'd been, he's been a part of the business for a long time, got many years in, many, many years in, right? And um, I had heard stories about him, but I'd never been around him, never uh, been associated with him, you know what I'm saying, because he had never been to the compound that I was that I was on at the same time. So uh, it just turns out that he ended up getting shipped to the compound where I was at and I was in charge, right? I was still in rotation back then. And again, for those of you that don't know, when I whenever I use the term in rotation, that, that means when I was participating actively in the gang lifestyle, right? But I was in charge of the compound at this time. And this brother got shipped to the compound and... First day, any anytime anybody gets shipped to a compound and they are part of the business, right? What happens is that a couple we send a couple of brothers to, if we hear about them or somebody tells us about them, we send a couple of brothers to greet them to find out what's up with them. Uh, are they on deck? Are they actually, you know, members of the organization? Is there anything that we need to know about? We do a complete background on them, right? But because of this individual's reputation, we already had. A lot of information about him, how he couldn't be trusted and so on and so forth. And as far as we knew, the last compound that he had come from, he wasn't on deck, on count. And basically being on count, what that means is he was not a part of the business. He may have been the folks, but he was not allowed, you know what I'm saying, sometimes it's by choice or by force, but he was not allowed to participate with the business. And again, a lot of times back in the day, it's different now than it was then, but back in the day, we would ask a brother, do you want to be on count or do you want to stay, do you want to stay on the sideline? 
And so this brother, they stepped to him. Uh, before they stepped to him, actually, I talked to all the POAs. And the POAs are, uh, you know what I'm saying, the brothers that are in charge. That means, POA means, POA means position of authority, right? And uh, I talked to all the POAs about him and got their take on him. And everybody was unanimous in, we really didn't want this brother to be on count. But we were going to give him the opportunity because he was the folks. We were going to send somebody to him like we do everybody else. Ask him did he want to be on count. Do a background check on him to see if there was anything that we needed to know about that would uh, help us make a decision when it comes to him making a, a decision about being on count right now. Because he chose, after he was asked, he chose to stay on the sidelines. So by him choosing to stay on the sidelines, uh, any decision that he would make after that, we would have to vote on. Initially, if he would have said, y'all want to be on count, we would have done the background, make sure there's nothing on him, welcome him in with open arms, so to speak, right? But because he decided when he was asked that he didn't want to be on count, okay, cool, go your way. So after about a couple of days, he started coming around, hanging around, hollering, what's up, folks, how y'all brothers doing, this, isn't it? Trying to mingle with us, but not be a part of us. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, he was the folks. He is the folks, but he was on the sidelines, okay? So we would greet him, but, you know, when it comes time to do the business, he's not allowed to be around there. He can't participate in no conversation, no decision-making, whatever, right? So anyway, this brother would come around while we're lifting weights and all this and that. Now, I didn't really like it because the information that we had got about this brother from other people uh, throughout his, in, his incarceration from other compounds was that he couldn't be trusted. He's a manipulator. He's a liar. Uh, in some instances, we had heard he had worked with the police. And that was a no-no for us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But for the most part, he was a manipulator and a liar of his own brothers. He would create dissension within the ranks just so he could carve out his own little power structure within the business, right? So... I really didn't want him around anyway, but when he would come around and he would speak, I would be cordial. What's up, bro? How you doing this, this, and that? And I would go go on about my business. But every day when I worked out, there would always be a lot of brothers around to make sure, you know, of my security and stuff like that. And the other brothers that I was working out with, you know, make sure everybody's safe and whatnot. So after he would come and greet us and then he'd walk his way, we would always have a talk about him. Like, man, what's up with him? What is he trying to do? And I just assumed that he was trying to fill us out to see if there were any brothers that he could manipulate and, and worm his way in in a way without being a part of the business. You know what I'm saying? Because he was one of these brothers that wanted to be in a position of authority, but he really didn't qualify to be in a position of authority. You know what I'm saying? He's a deceiver. Don't forget that. So anyway, after about a month, I get word from some of the other brothers that now he's changed his mind and he wants to be on count. So... I convene all the POAs and we talk about it. And we are all unanimous in the decision that we don't want this brother to be a part of the business, you know what I'm saying, on this compound. And because he had decided initially not to be a part of the business, we voted not to even take it to the fam to have a vote about it. So it was a dead issue. I had the brother over the security of the compound go tell him, look here, man, it's a done deal. You decided that you didn't want to be on camera before, we're not even going to take the issue up anymore. That's that on that. So he 
He ranted and raved about it, hooping and hollering, talking about, bro, y'all can't do that, man. Y'all need to take that to the fam, this, this, and that. Well, I was a little bit overconfident about the situation, right? So I was like, cool, take it to the fam. If you take it to the fam and you vote on it, you take it to the fam and you vote on it, right? If whatever the fam decides, that's what it's going to be. But like I say, I was a little bit overconfident about the situation because I felt like the rest of the fam felt like the POAs felt. You know what I mean? So before we actually did the vote, I had my secretary to go around to everybody and figure out what the vote would be. You know what I'm saying? On the low low. Ask the brothers what they thought about him. This is before we actually took it to them and said, we're going to vote on him. So when he came back to me, I was surprised that he had some support within the ranks. So, but we still out, outnumbered the brothers that had wanted him to be on count. So I really wasn't worried about it. But I, like I say, him having the support that he had surprised me. I was like, what, where is this coming from? Especially from the brothers that were supporting him because they didn't really know him. They were younger. So I'm like throwed off as to why these brothers support him. So I wanted to know. So I, that's when I had my, before, before I did this, I had my security go tell him, look, we'll have a vote in a week. You know what I'm saying? But after that, I wanted my security to go find out what was going on and where was this support coming from for him. So he did a little sneaking around. Come to find out that this brother was manipulating these younger brothers with that pack. He had come up on a plug, a move, to get the dope in. So he was smoking with them every now and then. This, this, and that. So I said, okay then. So that's what this is about. He can get a little money. He can get a little dope in. They can make a little money. Okay, they think it's to their advantage to bring him into the fold. They're not thinking about the organization. They're thinking about themselves, right? So anyway, after that information made, it, made its way back to me, I said, okay, we're still going to have the vote. We still have the numbers. Cool. Well, huh, I underestimated the, the manipulative powers of this brother. That week that I had, uh, at the end of the week when I said we were going to have the vote, those few days, he used those few days to campaign. He's got the, he's got the brothers that are already on his side campaigning, and he's... He's, they're getting at these other brothers, and he's getting at these other brothers, and I'm walking down on the ball field. I see them. They, they're smoking. They're kicking and having a good time, and he's right in the midst of it. I'm like, dang, what is going on? Because I can see I can see the tide is turning. I can see the tide is turning. He's got a lot of brothers around him down on this ball field, and I'm like, man, I wonder. You know what I mean? So one day uh, before the vote, the vote was going to be on uh, Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Uh and this was a Friday. I, I saw him in the hallway and uh, in the school building one day. I mean, this Friday. And he spoke to me. I spoke back. And I was like, bump this. I'm finna go and see what this dude is about. I said, man, what do you want, man? And he was like, what do you mean, Joe T? I said, why do you want to be on count? When you first got here, you didn't want to be on count. Why do you want to be on count now? And he looked at me and he looked around to make sure nobody else was in the hallway to hear him, right? No witnesses whatsoever. He said, because I want you out of the way. I want to run this compound. I looked at him, and I'm like, you what? He said, I want to run the compound. 
and I got to get on count, get you out of the way to do that. I said, this dude here is crazy. He just told me exactly what his plans were, right? So I go back to my uh, brothers, that all the POAs, and I tell them exactly what conversation we had in the hallway, letting them know. I said, man, go check that vote again before we have it tomorrow. So he goes and he comes back and he lets me know everything is fine. We're good. He won't be voted. You know what I'm saying? He won't get enough votes to be on count. I'm like, that's what's up. So the next morning we get up. I said, man, go ahead and have the vote after breakfast. Go tally all the votes and then bring them back. Then we'll count them. You know what I'm saying? And we'll let it be known what it is, right? Man, look, again, underestimating this guy and trusting the people around me. They come back with the vote. He's got enough votes to be on count. I mean, with a large margin. I don't know what happened in the few hours from Friday afternoon to Saturday morning, but he had enough votes to get on count. So before... I even revealed the number to the body. I pulled my POAs uh, to the side and I said, look, man, we got a problem now. I wasn't thinking about what he had told me. He wants to get rid of me as far as being the, uh, the nine or anything like that. And the nine just means that I was in charge, okay? That's what, we, that's what we call the person that's in charge, all right? So anyway, long story short, I, uh, I'm sitting there listening to them and what they have to say. And I'm noticing that their language is different now. They're talking like, man, it ain't going to be that bad. You know what I'm saying? By him being on count. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, y'all already know what's up with this dude. Y'all know this dude better than I do. Some of the things that I know about him, I got that information from y'all. What has changed? Why are y'all sounding as if you don't mind to have this brother on count when earlier when we were talking about this brother, you were like, no, we can't trust this dude, right? What's going on? Man, look, people change, Joe T. All that old type of talk, right? I'm like, all right. I see what's going on with this, right? These brothers have been manipulated too. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. So I'm like, run it, man. Go ahead and let the body know, man, that this brother's going to be welcomed with open arms and he's to be treated like any other brother on the compound, right? And uh, that's what they did. We met at the gym that night. Everybody's like, up there kicking it or whatever. I'm sitting up there with everybody, but I'm not enjoying myself because I'm now I'm trying to figure out, okay, I know what his intentions are. What is his next move? You know what I'm saying? How is he going to get me crossed out? Because that's what he told me his plans were. He wants the compound. So I'm sitting up there and talking with my POA, POAs, and everybody's kicking it with me. And I got my number two with me. Me and him are talking. And I'm like, man, can you tell me what's going on, man? Because I'm lost. I don't understand what's going on. And he said, man, bro, I'm going to tell you. He said, he got that pack. And, 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 and he's got these brothers, you know what I'm saying, working for him. And everybody's making money. And you didn't open that door for them, you know what I'm saying, to make money. I said, bro, the reason that I didn't do that, I don't want to use GD as a means of people, the brothers on deck making money, on counting, making money. I want everybody to make their own decisions as how they get their, their uh, money, man. I ain't never been, a, been one of the brothers that say, this is how you got to get your bread. You got to bring this to the table and do this and do that with the fam. I didn't, I've never been like that, and I didn't want to ever start that because it puts brothers in a position. If they get some 
something in, they got to break bread with the family. And I just don't think that's fair. You feel me? You, you find your own move, you get your own plug, you spending your own money, you do your own thing. You don't have to bring anything to the table for the family. Everybody's grown. Everybody should be able to get their own. You feel what I'm saying? He had a different philosophy, right? He's getting enough dope in to break bread with all the brothers and let them get a little bit while he gets a lot. They were cool with that. Well, it turns out that my chief of security was on board with him. So I stepped to him. I said, bro, what's going on? What, what happened? Why did you change your mind like that and vote for him? And he was like, Joe T, I can't really get into that, man, you know. Uh, but it ain't going to be as bad as you think. I said, yes, it is, man. I know this type of dude, man. And you've told me about him. You know what I'm saying? All the things in the past. Tell me what's going on, man. I really need to know is, you know, is this dude as dangerous as they say? And how is he getting all these brothers to flip sides? It can't just be about the dope. Well, it wasn't about the dope. He had information on almost every brother. I'm talking about things that they had done. I mean, he had a complete dossier. This dude was so conniving, he took his time, did his homework, found out dirt about everybody on the compound. Things that had been done in the past, some brothers testifying against other brothers, some brothers having sex charges, any information that he could use to manipulate a brother into supporting him, he used it. This dude was like J. Edgar Hoover. You feel what I'm saying? Total manipulator. And in some cases, he even went to the law library, doctored up fake paperwork that made it look as if these brothers or some brothers had testified against other brothers and things like that. And he would present that and cause all kind of strife. And it's like, man, okay, so he's got all of this information. And these brothers don't want this to come out. They just don't want the beef. They don't want the drama. So they just go with him. That lets you know he can't be trusted. So after my uh, head of security told me that, I said, man, what information does he have on you? Because you changed your mind, man, in midstream on me, man. And he told me that he had an issue down in another prison. And this brother knew about it. And he threatened to bring that back up. Even though the issue had been settled, these brothers on this compound had no knowledge of what that was, had no knowledge that it had been settled, and it wasn't even supposed to be spoken on. Because when an issue is settled in GD, it's not to be spoken on anymore. And if you do speak on it, you're going to get, get written up for backbiting, saying stuff about somebody that has already been decided. You feel? And that's a very serious violation within the bid, within the org, right? So he didn't care anything about that because these new brothers, to them, this information would be new. So he was threatening to bring up an old issue against my chief of security that would cause all kind of strife and mistrust. But he promised my chief of security, ride with me, and I won't bring this up. I said, what else did he ask you to do? What else did he ask you to do? And what I was getting at at that time was this. I knew this brother wanted to get rid of me. He wanted to replace me as the nine. So I just asked my COS, I said, look here, man. Is he trying to use you to campaign to get rid of me as the C as the nine so that he can take over? Man, look here. My COS been around me for three years, right? At this point, right? He put his head down, couldn't even look at me. 
I said, I'll get you. I'll get it. He's on that, right? I said, bro, we've ran people off the compound before. What is stopping us from doing the same to him? What is stopping us from sending a brother in his cell, get all that information, run him off the compound? Man, this brother told me, he said, man, he got copies. I said, what? He said, yeah, he got copies. And he done, he's giving them to certain brothers in other organizations, man. He has gone around to other organizations, vice lords, crips, bloods, every nation, and given them these packets, right? Let these guys know. We're not giving them to them, but he got them put up so that if something happened to him, they can get to it. And then they would get this information and spread it around the compound and totally destroy GD. Destroy any, any, any reputation that we had of being solid dudes on the compound. He was going to wipe that out. So I said, oh, man, this dude here, he don't play checkers. He's playing chess. We got a real problem. Well, time went on. And he made his play. Because every year, it had become a custom on the compound for me anyway, that I would allow the family to vote every year on who they wanted to keep in positions of authority. Because I wanted everybody to have an opportunity to be in a leadership role and, and so they can be groomed one day and be prepared for it whenever they uh, went somewhere else or stayed where they were at. You know what I'm saying? I wanted them to understand the complexities of being in leadership and, and, and teach them you know, how they can deal with it. You know what I'm saying? So at the vote, <laughs> you already know. They voted for him to be the nine. I was like, okay. I let him have it. Oh, man. He started changing things so fast that it wasn't even funny. Now, we're not supposed to be allowed to rob or extort people and all that kind of stuff. Right away, he went in on that. He went in on that. If something got brought to the compound, he wanted GD to get their cut. And he was willing to go to war for this stuff, man. So everything is changing on the compound. He didn't mind that brothers slept with brothers. I mean, you know, with our, our, our boys. If you had more than 25 years, he said it was cool. All of that kind of stuff. All of the things that we had not been allowing, you know what I'm saying, under my leadership anyway, now all of a sudden it was cool to do. All kinds of things were changing. And there was nothing that I could do about it. And then one day... Something happened that changed the whole tide. This brother was in the cell with a peon, right? And this peon comes to us, me and my uh, number two, where well, it used to be my number two. He had got voted out too, right? He comes to us. We're sitting on the ball field. And he was like, man, I don't know what's up with your brother, man. I said, what you talking about, man? He said, man, this dude, man. He in high on that dope, man. He talking about he wanted me to fuck him. I said, man, quit playing, man. You know what I mean? Even though, you know what I'm saying, I didn't really like dude. I had never heard that about him. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, I don't want to hear that, man. Get on somewhere, right? You know, he a peon. I ain't finna listen to him. You know, he said, man, I'm telling you, man. The man was in the bed. He, I woke up and he done snuck up in the bed with me. He's trying to snuggle and all this old kind of stuff. I said, what? So my number two, again, my former number two, because both of us got voted out, he was like, man, 
how can we use that against them? So I don't know what we can do. We ain't got no camera. Can't take no pictures. Ain't no proof. Ain't no proof. We can't prove none of this. And if we can't prove it, we can't bring it up. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we bring up something like that with no proof. It's off with our heads. You feel what I'm saying? So what we did, we told dude to go tell different people in different organizations, people that we knew that still messed with us, right? You go tell them this. Don't tell them that we know. You go tell them this, man. And what we were going to do at that point, we are going to stir the pot. That's what you call stirring the pot, y'all. We're going to get the rest of the compound talking about it and then let it come to GD as if it's a surprise to us. So a meeting will have to be called and then decisions are going to have to be made, right? So that when we put that plan into motion, it happened exactly how me and my number two, former number two, thought it would play out. Everybody on the compound is talking. This is an embarrassment to GD. This brother is in charge, and he trying to lay in the bed with dude and all this and that, and blah, 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 this, this, and that. Brothers were pissed. So now, all of a sudden, we had a deuce. A deuce is a meeting. We're down on the yard, and we're having a meeting. And then the brother's like, man, point blank period, man. You trying to get in the bed with dude? You trying to do this? You trying to do that? He's denying everything. Me and, me and my, my, my brother, my former number two, we, we sitting in the cut. We just listening. And then I stood up and I said, look here, man. We're not finna do this, man. It ain't no proof that this happened. So I don't even know why we're having this meeting. And now these brothers that were supporting him at one time, they're like, no, nah, Joe T, I don't want to hear that, man. I don't want to hear that. Everybody, the whole compound talking about this, man. He did something. He did something. I said, then what you think we should do then, man? I said, we ain't got no proof against this brother. What do you think we should do? Ain't nothing we can do to him. Man, I don't want to hear that, man. I don't really trust this nigga anyway. So that all of the all of the drama started to come out, right? You know? They see an opportunity to get him. Because they know this information is not gonna go away on this compound. So they want to use this information to squash him neutralize him so that if he tries to use the information that he has against them, it's not going to carry any weight. Why? Because he's trying to sleep with his cellar. He's trying to sleep with his cellar, and that's a big no-no in the beginning, right? So I'm like, okay. So I pulled the brother to the side. I said, look, man. I said, uh, I'm with you on this, man. I, I mean, you, I know you and me don't see eye to eye. I don't really like you. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I don't see no proof, man. But these brothers want your head, man. So what you think we should do? He said, man, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do. I said, look here, man. Let's just keep it 100. This is me and you. You know what I'm saying? Did you do it? He's like, no, I didn't do it. I said, bro, quit playing. I don't even care if you did it. All I'm saying, it ain't no proof. And I ain't with, you know, no matter what you think about me, I'm not with pushing on a brother, you know what I'm saying, if I can't prove what the business is about. He said, man, my seller be tripping and all this and that, man. I ain't done nothing like that, man. I ain't done nothing. He's sticking to the script. He's sticking to the script that he's innocent. But I see it. I've been around a long time. I'm looking him in his eyes. I can tell he's lying. I know he's lying. But I can't prove it. So anyway, I said, I'll tell you what. 
if we had this meeting man about this, and it's proven, meaning if the brothers say it's true, it's true. You know what I'm saying? If they want, if they issue out a punishment for this, we got to do it. Or, or you can step down. We'll put another uh, brother in, in the pit, in the position, and we'll just do away with this man. You feel what I'm saying? And I said, I know, I know everybody on the compound. I'm gonna go around, man, and I'm gonna start telling them there ain't nothing true about this, right? So he said, man, you'll do that for me. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Now I know he's calculating in his mind. Can I really trust this nigga? I don't know him like that. I done crossed him out. Now he's willing to help me. And we're looking at each other. It's kind of like in a movie, right? He's looking at me, sizing me up. And I know his brain is just spinning a mile a minute. And I'm looking at him. I'm sizing him up. But he needs me. And I know he needs me. But I'm going to cross him out as cold as he crossed me. But he don't have a choice but to trust me. He don't have a choice. You know what I'm saying? So he said, all right, Joe T. He said, I'm going to step down, man. And uh, I'm going to throw my support behind you. And when you get put in the position, you do away with this. I said, that's what's up. That's what's up. He said, man, GD on that, right? I said, man, GD on that, folks. <laughs> I hit it up just like I bit that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't mean none of it. Not one bit. As soon as I got reinstated, I laid the order down. I reinstated my uh, uh, security. I told him, look, he's gone. We finna get rid of that. Anything and everything about him, we finna spread this rumor all over the state. I said, have you ever heard that he's done something like this before anywhere? And he said, man, it was rumors that another penitentiary, right, that he was doing it. I said, that's enough for me. We finna spread this around the whole state that this boy, this don't deserve to be GD no more. You feel me? We finna neutralize him. We finna take him out the box. He was like, man, you think it's gonna work? I said, I don't really care if it works or not. If it causes him some grief for one night, that's good enough for me. You feel what I'm saying? So... Anyway, <clears throat> we went back to the body. We got everybody on the ball. It's, it's a brothers everywhere. And then we got all these other organizations. They're watching to see what we do, right? And I know what's going on because I done let them know, look, dude is gone tonight. He will be off the compound tonight. You feel me? So everybody's watching to see what's going to go on, right? We get down on the ball field. He down there. I tell all the brothers, that, you know, we gather around in a circle. You know what I'm saying? He's in the middle. I said, look, this is what it is, y'all. This is what it is. This brother got 30 minutes to get off this compound. He don't get off his compound, smash on him. I said, GD that. Hit up everybody. We hit up each other. I turned and walked off. I said, man, get him gone. They walked him up to the gate. I said, man, you got 30 minutes to be gone. He go back to his cell, right? We done already took everything out of his cell. Broke his TV. Broke the radio. All his paperwork gone. Anything that he had in there gone. The only thing he had left in there was his state blues, right? <laughs> So if he didn't have a good memory about all the stuff that he was crossing people out on, it, ain't, it wasn't going to matter no more. Plus, we done already sent kites out all over, out over the whole state. Everybody know he been caught up in, in trying to get in the bed with his seven. Killed him. Pilt him. Just like that. And then when he gets back to the unit after he sees his cell tore up like that, look here. The police come to him and say, uh, we heard your life is in danger. 
He said, no, my life ain't in danger. He said, well, well, that's what we heard. Turn around. They put him in handcuffs and walked him straight to the hole. Put him on PC, protective custody. I ain't seen him or heard from him since. But I said all that to say this, right? When you're dealing with somebody like him in the oil, right, and there's plenty of them like him, it's not about doing what's right. The lifestyle is not about doing what's right. You know what I'm saying? The lifestyle is about power, manipulation, and getting over. There's nothing organized about the chaos that happens. There's nothing beneficial to the members of it. It's all about what you can get out of it for yourself and using the people that you say that you love in the process. Everybody learns to be an animal. Everybody learns that it's dog eat dog. That's the only redeeming, well, it's not redeeming. That's the only value that you learn when you're part of that lifestyle. Kill and destroy. Everybody can get it. Use and manipulate. Everybody can get it. Deceive everybody around you. Nobody is immune to the business. Not even those that you say you love. You have to learn to be able to manipulate and trick your brothers just as savvy, just as easily as you would trick a peon. And in the process of doing that, in the process of learning that, you become a person that has no love, no feelings for anybody. But you don't realize that. You don't realize that. That's the problem with this lifestyle, y'all. One of the problems, anyway. One of many. And that's why I say, be careful about wanting to be a part of something like that. It's nothing glorious about it. On paper, it may have good intentions. But it's the people that are in charge of executing that vision that make it something that it's horrible. It's horrible anyway, if you ask me. I don't care what's on the paperwork. Because at the end of the day, it's about using people. It's about manipulating people. And it shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't be about that. <clears throat> Brothers, will hurry up and tell you that they love you. But they're telling you that they love you based on a distorted view of what love is. They will beat you. They will lie to you. And they will take from you. That's not love. That's abuse. But their view of that, their definition, their distorted definition of love allows that and approves of that. It condones that type of behavior towards one another. So what good can come from that? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, y'all. Now, with that said, I'm going to give you something to think about. I'm going to give you something to think about while you're laying in the bed or on the couch or on the phone or if you're in your car, listening to this episode, or if you got a loved one that's living this lifestyle, share this story with them so that they'll understand, hopefully, that this is not the lifestyle that they should want to be a part of. Real talk. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace, y'all.